This is a GRDC podcast. It seems one of the most valuable commodities these days is water. <laughs> Whether you buy it in a shop in a bottle or you use it to irrigate your crops, every drop is worth something. So it's no wonder that when the water market hits dizzying heights, irrigators will ask themselves, am I better off selling my water rather than using it to irrigate my crop? But how do you make that decision? It's a tough question. Well, GRDC last year asked the Irrigated Cropping Council, which has members in northern Victoria and southern New South Wales, to look at that question, and they did it by surveying a group of members. Damien Jones is the council's trials manager. I suppose it was to make sure that farmers or irrigators understood the sort of financial ramifications of the price of water at the time, and as, as well as the commodity prices were rising. So it was to make sure that they didn't invest money in something that wasn't going to make them money. So we're talking about last year when it was very, very dry, water prices were quite high, is that right? Yes, that's correct, yeah. So historically high and rising. What sort of levels? When the season opened, from memory it was about $250, but started to rapidly increase till when we were getting close to when we needed to irrigate. It was about $300, $340 a megalitre. Normally, water's about $60 a megalitre if we've got allocation. But the market for trade, the temporary market, was about $300, yeah, $330, probably sneaking up close to $350 with different trades going through at the time. And hence, growers were sort of saying, well, am I better off if I sell the water rather than use the water? Exactly, yes, yeah. If I use it, I'm going to make X amount via my crop. But is that going to be more money than if I simply say, no, I'll just take whatever's dealt to me via rainfall and I can then go and sell that sort of two megalitres that I may have used on my crop. I can sell it on the market and you know, get that $600, you know, $700 for it. So the starting point for making the judgment call, sell or use, would seem to be the end of tillering around August. That's when some estimations about crop size and likely yield can be made. Simple, huh? Well, no, because Damien says guesstimations can be wildly inaccurate. By the time we get to the end of August, in most years we're getting ready to irrigate and the crop is sufficiently mature in a development sense in that it's probably not going to shed any more tillers or heads. That the, the number of heads is pretty well set now, unless something drastically goes wrong, of course. But it's almost a fixed amount and so we're pretty confident those heads that are there are going to produce something rather than being a little bit earlier where we still, you know, at early stem elongation, we're still probably going to lose some tillers. So it, we'll probably end up overestimating our heads. But at that stage, they're pretty well fixed. So we've got some confidence in that those heads are going to mature. You actually came up with a bit of a calculation with regards to tillers. Tell me a bit about that. Right, yeah. So looking at the various crops we did, we, as I said, we took the yields. We know what the yield was. We went back and counted the number of heads that made up that yield. Whilst there's a range, the average was about 1.3 tonnes per 100 heads per square metre. It's a bit of a mouthful, but simply put that if you had about 500 heads per square metre, and the only way to work that out is go out there and count them, then that, that indicated that you probably had about a 6.5 tonne crop. So if we use that as the rough middle figure, there was a bit of a range in that. Some crops went about 1 tonne per 100 heads. Once again, if you had that, sim that 500 heads per square metre crop, 
that means you're probably limited to about a five ton crop mm. but surprisingly there was some crops that were getting up about 1.9 there was mm. a little bit of a smattering around that 1.6 1.7 best was 1.9 so that same guy with these 500 heads per square meter he was looking at a you know around about a nine and a half ton crop if I've done my maths right. So 1.3 you've picked as a fairly a, a safe figure to use in a calculation. Yes, and I suppose it pays to be a little bit more conservative, you know, rather than overestimating, using the water, spending the money, and then not quite getting there, it's probably a little bit better to go back on that, you know, just some sort of more conservative conversion. So wouldn't a, a grower who is growing wheat year after year after year, come August time, look at his crop and say, well, you know, in my, my experience that's going to go six tonnes? Yes, that's... Looking at the biomass. Looking at the biomass. I'm going back to use an anecdote that we were told many years ago when we're setting up trials, that most people can't pick a 25% yield difference. So yes, you can get an appreciation of it, and that's fine, but hopefully with the work that we've done, and it, it does correspond with some work that we've done previously where we came up with a very similar figure, that I would rather know with a fair bit more certainty and know my head population my heads per square meter rather than rely on a i'll call it an educated guess of course yield is only one side of the equation if the price of water is high but the price of say wheat is low then what's the point farmers must have a clear understanding of their potential income they must know their market oh yeah and so Yield potential was simply only one part of the equation. Then yes, you've got to be confident about grain prices because you know at the end of the day, the easiest way to work out should I be using my water or not is do a, a gross margin. So you need to know a pretty good estimate of yield. The next obvious point is you need to know what that grain's going to be worth. So that is just another little bit of uncertainty in the in the calculation. Mm. But you know, given the information that was out at even as early as that sort of mid-August period, that we were looking at increased grain prices and that unless it suddenly started raining cats and dogs, then, then yeah, the, the grain traders were fairly confident that those prices would extend through to harvest. And then there's the added option of making hay with that expensive water. It's a good question because in some seasons, hay has been a very viable option. As a very general comment, that we can usually, if we've got a reasonable crop, once again, we've got to have a crop there for this to work. With one spring irrigation, relatively early in the season, we can usually get the crop through to a sufficient stage of maturity where we could take it through to hay. Now, in the survey, some of the crops we looked at ranged in dry matters from just over six tonne up to about 24 tonne. So if you like making hay, and there's some people who hate making hay, another possible scenario is to use one irrigation and that will generate as I said enough crop growth to take it through to the hay stage then yeah if, if a six ton wheat yield of grain could equate to about a, a 12 ton hay crop so once again do the gross margins if hay stacks up then that is another option that you could look at. Did most growers make the right decision with their water? Yes <laughs> for the very simple answer to a controversial question yeah because I think they understood the ramifications and you know you, when water's at three hundred dollars and forty dollars a meg you're starting to talk some big figures in you know mm-hmm. and throwing out water on a 40 hectare paddock it's considerable investment so i think most people did once again it also goes back to how you value that water 
when we did the gross margins after the survey, did people make the right decision, everyone made money. But it did depend on how you calculated the value of that water. So if you had allocation, it's costing you in Victoria roughly $60 a megalitre. So if you use that as the figure to water your crops, then yes, most crops did make quite good money. And as a very general comment, we probably made more money in 2018, even though we had expensive water, than we did with cheaper water in 2017, simply because of the increase in the commodity prices. So let's recap on what was learnt from the council's survey. Well, they came up with a simple formula to use come August in the years when it's a bit unclear about which way to go, sell the water or use it in crop. So this is what you should do. Come August, it was to get out there and actually know what that crop was going to do because you couldn't bring a crop back that hasn't got the yield potential in August with nitrogen and you couldn't bring it back with irrigation water. So it had to be there before you went and put your water out in spring. So that was to make sure that you had adequate seed population, you had adequate nitrogen to actually generate that yield that was there at the moment. It still has some growing to do. So nitrogen has to be there and obviously you know, the other little minor things, weed and disease control has to be there as well. But at the end of the day, the thing that stood out to us, you had to have the heads per square metre. And multiplied by 130? <laughs> yes, to, to get your yield, multiplied by 1.3 tonnes per 100 heads per square metre. That's a mouthful, but unfortunately that's the, the way to do it. And know your market as well. That, that's obviously uh, very critical. Oh, yes, yeah. Even if you've got a nine tonne yield and it only wheats $200 a tonne, you're not going to make a lot of money out of it spending $340 water. Damien Jones there. Damien is the trials manager for the Irrigated Cropping Council. Now, meanwhile, irrigators in the southern and northern cropping regions will, in the near future, have access to new knowledge regarding agronomy, soils and the economics of irrigation thanks to a suite of GRDC investments which have recently been contracted.